you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you listening. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Stan, who won the soccer game? I saw you jumping around in Croatia there. Croatia beat Russia. Russia's oh, out. So I thought, no collusion there. I thought, <laughs> good one. I thought Russia was the favorite. I don't think they were. My daughter and son-in-law are in Paris, and they said when France won, I think it was yesterday, they said the whole town went crazy. Just absolutely crazy. People were hugging and jumping up and down and yelling and screaming and horns were honking. And I don't, I'm not a big soccer fan, but Me I'll neither. tell you, at this level, they are absolutely well, they're amazing. They're showing the Croatia crowd right now. And Athletes. It's, it's pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Guessing a lot of vodka going to be drank tonight and. Yeah, lots of it. All right, we're talking to immigration, and and I told you before, it drives me absolutely crazy when people confuse, conflate, ignore legal versus illegal immigration. It drives me crazy when people confuse ICE with the border control, and it drives me absolutely crazy when people say that we are not a compassionate country because we are a compassionate country. I think the numbers just came down uh, for June and according to the Trump administration, illegal boarding, border crossings were down 18 percent in June, uh, which which is absolutely good news. And I think it's also good news that the Democrats are going to hang their hat on this immigration issue. And I think you're finding uh, other minority groups uh, finally understanding and exposing the Democrats for the frauds that they are, and especially Hispanic, blacks, that they, the Democrats seem to care more about the illegal aliens than they do about the Americans. And I remind people all the time, Americans have dreams, too. And it the the disaster, the mess that we have seen uh, with immigration in this country is shameful. Whether it was whether it's Trump, Obama, Bush, I don't care. Uh, it could, you can go all the way back uh, to Clinton. I think it started to even to Reagan. It started to it started to spiral out of control. It's gotten worse and worse. And we've elected politicians and presidents who just fail to recognize the problems that we're seeing and worse. Um, because they're indebted to their illegal votes or their cheap labor or some other reason uh, that we're just nobody seems to be nobody seems to have the backbone to try to deal with some of the immig- some of this immigration issues. And the bottom line is you cannot have over open borders and still be a country. And you more importantly, cannot be a country with open borders if you're a welfare state like the whole United States of America is it you just you just absolutely will not last long uh let's take George's phone call you've been really patient George hey what's on your mind yeah I think uh all these people like Margaret if they're so compassionate they love these illegal aliens so much make it a law that they have to take a whole family into their house what a good idea pay for them too I think it's a great idea the what? kids, everything, and they have to pay for all their everything, their education, their food, everything. What do you think the odds of that happening are, George? Zero. <laughs> I know. If, I mean, they, if they love them so much, then they can take care of them. They are Bring them into their houses. Yep, into they're their homes. They're more than happy to use our money to pay yeah, to for put them, them. In your home, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you got a point, and George. You pay for them too. You pay for them. We pay for them. Everyone except for them. They don't have to pay. Yep, you're right. 
Thank you, yes. George. Appreciate so your comment. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy. When I looked at those protests last week and I saw some 7,000 protesters gathering downtown and I'm just thinking, you know, Trump already took care of this. I mean, it's a legit, legitimate complaint. Um, you want families to stay together. But let's face it, not all the people coming over the border are honest. Not all the people coming over the border are good. Not all the people bringing children over the border are even their 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 own children. And when you talk about these 2,000 illegal immigrant children who are temporarily separated from their parents, tell me another country where they don't get separated from their parents. Do you think Mexico just lets you walk right across their border? I got news for you. They don't. Uh, and then... And then it, it all of this anger, all of this outrage, all of this hysteria coming from the Democrats. And I think of the American children. I think of the military families who are separated from their children while they go out and fight for us. I think of the people of, of the foster care families that are separated because their their uh, parents or whoever um, is in prison. And and I mean, there's just so many. So many issues like this that are so important that have to be addressed at the at, at the well state and national level, federal level. It's just absolutely crazy. You know, uh, Daniel Horowitz had a great article, and he talked about how we had just celebrated our 242nd anniversary of our independence, but with uh, illegal immigrants aided and abetted by unelected judges. Perhaps we were no longer an independent people after all. And that really made me stop and think. In this article, where was it? Where did he post this article? I don't even, don't even, oh, it was at the blaze, uh, Glenn Beck's thing. Um, the Illegal Aliens Rule the Roost, What Happened to Our Independence by David Horowitz. And he went on and he talked about some of these uh, some of these judges that are out there basically shaping our immigration policy. And I'm sorry, folks, that's what Congress is supposed to do. That's what Congress is supposed to do. And you've got this U.S. D District Court Judge Jesse Furman in an article. Um, this was liberal states that were suing the Department of Commerce for adding the citizens citizenship question on the 2020 census. And he said the department acted in bad faith in the decision-making process and ordered that the government disclose more information. So so who did, where does this judge get off saying, you know what, here, here you've got a, a bunch of random states that take the federal government to court saying you can't put a basic citizenship question on a form to exercise one of our most basic rights to vote uh, it is just absolutely crazy. So you've got illegal aliens who can come into the country, uh, ha have anchor babies, demand all sorts of benefits and citizenships for their kids, and then force them to count them in the census. And you've got a federal judge who won't let us ask about ask about their citizenship in there. Why do you think California has so many uh, so many citizens? It you you have to ask yourself these questions. I want that citizenship question on the. 2020. I uh, sorry, illegal aliens. Sorry, you do not get to be counted as citizens when, in, in the census and get to be uh, get to have representation when you are not citizens of the United States. By the way, that question was on uh, that census question's been on there for since what the 1950s. 
and yeah, I want it back on there too. You've also got another judge who's basically mandating catch and release. Uh, who are these judges? And that's why I'm so excited about the judges that, that Donald Trump is appointing. Um, I think I told you last week, 21 circuit court judges, one Supreme Court justice, another Supreme Court justice is coming. He will reshape the judiciary uh, during his presidency. And I bet, I bet in those eight years, yes, I said eight years, I bet in those eight years of a Donald Trump presidency, I bet he gets to appoint more than just two justices. I bet he'll be appointing four. I Yep, that's my prediction, four. Um, you, you had another uh, judge in San Diego that gave illegal aliens standings. How does an illegal alien get standing? That's just, that's just crazy. That's just absolutely crazy. Um, there, it, it, um, Rasmussen had a poll that said the majority of Americans are not in favor of abolishing ICE. That's what the Democrats seem to be hanging there. The DREAM Act and the abolishment of ICE seem to be the two two things that they're really pushing for this upcoming election. And the Rasmussen poll last week found that just 25% of the Americans favor abolishing ICE, while an overwhelming majority, 55%, said they do not. And somehow, somehow... There are 20% that are still undecided. That is just crazy. That is just crazy. Okay, so I want to give kudos to John Gilmore. John Gilmore, thank you. John Gilmore fills in for me on this show sometimes. Uh, John Gilmore, follow him on Twitter. He's hilarious and informative, says all the things so many people are thinking. Uh, he writes for The Hill, although I don't think I've seen anything there in a while. Uh, and he writes for Alpha News. And every Friday he gives out an award for Alpha, for from Alpha News. It's a, it's a weekly winner for local media, uh, and it's a bias award. And every week I'm like, gosh, he, he just can't top this. And this week might have been one of the best. Uh, Friday, John Gilmore's article was titled... The Star Tribune's fake news about immigrant military dis discharges deserves to win twice. And he's right. And I'll tell you about it when we come back. Sue Jeppers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. We're talking immigration, and it's just crazy how deceitful the media can be, and our local media is no exception. And I give hats off to John Gilmore. John Gilmore gives out a weekly media bias award, uh, and then if, if you're the one that sends it to him, uh, you win like a gift or gift card or something like that. Um, sometimes he just he just finds it on his own, which was in this case was so easy this week because it was everywhere. Uh, it's uh, an AP article. Uh, by the way, if you want to call in on anything we're talking about, six five one nine eight nine five eight five five six five one nine eight nine five eight five five. So John Gilmore. Phil's in on this show. He's great to follow on Twitter. He's ventured on Facebook and doesn't really love it, but he posts some interesting things on there. And he writes for Alpha News, The Hill. Uh, he's um, 
putting together Minnesota Media Monitor. Wish you'd get going on that. I know you're listening, John. Uh, okay, so this week, John Gilmore's award went out. Uh, the headline's titled, you can find it at Alpha News, The Star Tribune's Fake News About Immigrant Military Discharges Deserves to Win Twice. You nailed it, John Gilmore. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. The Star, He writes, The Star Tribune, in running with badly flawed, almost intentionally deceptive story by the Associated Press. Shame on you, Star Tribune, and shame on you, Associated Press. You absolutely, you wonder why people hate media. This is why people hate media when you write ridiculous stories like this. John Gilmore writes, the inflammatory headline was, U.S. Army quietly discard, discharging immigrant recruits. So, um, supposedly, Donald Trump was just purging willy-nilly and decided he hated immigrants and was going to throw them out uh, and w- without any questions asked. What was so great about this is all over social media. This is one of the things I do like about social media. Social media called out... Uh, the, they called out the AP, and and a lot of people said, "Whoa!" I saw that headline. I saw that headline, and I thought, "Remember, remember, the headline was U.S. Army, Army quietly discharging immigrant recruits." You saw that that headline, and you thought, "Whoa! What the heck is going on?" And and all of a sudden, you saw people saying, "Wait a minute! I'm gonna I'm gonna find out. There's got to be the rest of the story. There's the devil's in the details. There's got to be more than this." And so you, um, John Gilmore, highlighted a Twitter account known as AG Conservative and laid it all in deadly precision. He found out that, uh, and and I will repeat, this is just a perfect example of what Donald Trump means when he says our media, our press is dishonest and corrupt. Um, the, the AG conservative said recruits are being discharged for failing to pass their background checks because they hadn't started basic training. Recruits weren't even being discharged. The program involved faced the program involved faced serious abuse because there was no time limit for the amount of service required and many were quitting shortly after attaining honorable discharge status the trigger for being granted citizenship the total number of recruits involved was a whopping 40 the republic's worst president ever Barack Obama had decided to combine this military program with the Deferred Action Program as another way to grant Dreamers citizenship. And I encourage you to go to Alpha News, read John Gilmore's article. This is absolutely incredible. This is shameful of the Star Tribune to put this kind of crap out and still want to call themselves one of our main newspapers. Uh, it's it's crazy, and the with with media like this, this is just plain dishonest, just plain dishonest. And Gilmore points out in his article, a poll found that seventy two percent of the Americans believe the media invents fake news and are not to be trusted. Well, it's crap like this that make people despise the media. So thanks, John Gilmore. Appreciate that one. Uh, And you should follow John on Twitter. You should look at him on Facebook. You should um, read Alpha News. uh, He has his Sunday column. I think I post his Sunday column every week because it's so good. And, yeah, that's why I ask him to fill in for me sometime. All right, let's get to some of these phone calls. Rick, you're up first. Hi, Rick. Welcome to the show. Hi. 
Hi. Hey, hey uh, I'm 66. I'm re- I'm retired, not because I want to, just I have to. I'm my I have a back injury. Okay. I get thirteen hundred dollars a month. Wow, that's not very much. No, it isn't. It barely pays for gas, groceries, and eat. How come all these people are getting plane trips all over the place, and and I'm sitting here. I I hurt so bad. I can't. Uh, it's unbelievable. I know. I'm sorry, Rick. I'm I'm really sorry about the situation that you're in, and I wish I could. Yeah, I wish I could answer why? the question. Why? Why are they getting all this money? But why are Why aren't we taking care of Americans? Is that what yeah. you're asking? Yeah. 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 You know, I've I've worked since I was 16 years old. Wow, you were a late starter. I started before that. I'm well, kidding. I'm kidding I, you. I'm kidding I you. Yeah, I probably did. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying. I, I know. I know. There's a point. I'll keep you but, in my prayers, Rick, for sure. I understand. Yeah. You, you, a lot of people share Rick's frustration. A lot of people share it. Uh, Kathy, you're up next. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the Sue Jeffers Show. Hi, Sue. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, with Ilian Omar, with her uh, comments on the 4th of July, that is so insulting to Americans' ancestors. You know, my grandfather was in World War One. My dad was in World War Two. He died in his 80s in 2014. He still had nightmares from what he experienced, but he never complained. And my my same with my husband's ancestors too. They fought, and that's insulting to say that. And you know what? It's people like them who just worked and raised productive kids and families, the essence of America that made us free and great the way we are today. You know, we just love our freedoms. We just want to just work and have our families. And as far as the whole women's thing that, you know, that, you know, I'm middle-aged. You know, I just thank God every day I wake up and I say my prayers, my gratitude. I thank God I'm a woman in America. I have the greatest freedoms and human comforts available. I can travel alone. I can work anywhere. I can go to school. You can drive I mean, a car. I can drive a car. I just got back from, I was gone a couple of days. I told your screeners, I was a little, but I was listening to you on the way in, and those comments were just so upsetting to me. And then as far as they're complaining about, like, you know, kids in cages or whatever, well, you know, when you have daycare centers or schools, you know, you know they have fences around not only to keep children from getting out, but to keep the bad people from coming in. Right. And what about those Christian women who were in cages and ISIS drowned them? Now, that's why we were the protests, and that was during Obama's administration. I know. They didn't do anything, and John Kerry, they had to twist his arm to say that there was genocide going on over there, and it still is. So, <laughs> But, I, you know, America is the greatest in the world, and I heard this one comment one time from a priest actually said, you know, our military might, we're the strongest in the world, and how do we celebrate our Independence Day, not by marching our bombs and tanks, but by being with families in small towns and parades and picnics and going to the lake and being with our families. And that's Mm -hmm. how the greatest country in the world celebrates the 4th of July. 
Kathy, we have so much to count our blessings for, so much every single day. I, I Like you, I am so grateful. So there's just so much gratitude for that. We live in the greatest country in the world. And when I see some of this stuff uh, and, and I hear stories like Rick and I, I just get so fr- – or Omar, mm-hmm. uh, Representative Omar, I just get so frustrated. I, I, I know. I hear you. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Sue. Thanks, Kathy. <laughs> Bye. Uh, next up, Carrie, you're up. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the Sue Jeffers Show. You have some thoughts? Yeah, just a couple. It's just with the Dreamers and the Dacas and stuff, I just don't get it. If a guy robs a bank, the children don't get to keep the money. Right. Bernie Madoff's kids aren't still living high on the hog. You know, they they enjoy it until the crime is discovered. I agree. And it's taken away. I agree. I just don't get why. Uh, and I don't understand why the Democrats think this is a hill to die on. Yeah, I don't think I mean, I it, cannot it see. I, so I've spent the last two weeks telling people about different polls. I've been talking to my neighbors. I've been talking to people in the grocery store. I've been talking to legal immigrants. Okay, a couple illegal immigrants, too. And I, this is this is not a hill to die on for the Democrats. And and they don't seem to be paying attention to what's happening in America. They must live in their bubble in their own little echo chamber, thinking they need the illegal aliens to become voters or something. I, I don't know. Or, or, I don't get it either. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's, the bank robber's trying to make his life better right, for his family. Right. And another and, thing, people people don't talk about um, what a brutal trip across the border it can be with the smugglers, with the coyotes. They're, people are murdered. They're raped. Children are abused. Sometimes the children that are coming across aren't even their own children. Why would you put your kids in that kind of a situation and if they want to reunite families what happened to all the kids that obama had said just send them up here and we'll spread them throughout the country and they did where are their parents yeah where, where are, are their parents crazy thank you, know, you. okay thank you appreciate your comments uh we're going to take a quick break when we come back i want to talk a little bit about the crazy out of control local stuff that has been going on i every week i try to pick uh, four or five different uh, local entities to focus on and tell you about these out of control activist uh, utopian um, politicians who uh, who think they have to micromanage and control every aspect of our life seattle i, I try to keep them in minnesota but sometimes uh seattle this week it's seattle and dc do such colossally stupid things that i have to tell you about them because you know they will be coming here uh shortly because cities like minneapolis and st paul love to follow along along these same things seattle banned plastic straws and utensils this week uh dc District of Columbia passed a law requiring people to buy health insurance or have their property seized. Uh, And Minneapolis is moving towards offering a municipal ID card. That one really gets me irritated. And a faith-based coalition in St. Paul has decided to call for fewer, not, not more, fewer St. Paul police and no increased hiring and I just told you last week about some businesses who were moving out of St. Paul because of the crime and the high cost of doing business in St. Paul. It's just crazy. And I'll tell you another thing. I am convinced. I want to see crime stats. I've been convinced for years that the crime stats around 
the trains are are underreported, that they lie about them and that they they don't tell us the truth about the crime and the bad things that happen. That's why we talk about the, the drive, Met Council drivers that have been attacked. That's why I talk about a lot of the uh, assaults and rapes that we see happening along or at the light rail transit stations. And there are going to be more of these. More There are going to be more lines built uh, because, well... Yeah, you you know they are. They're going to spend billions of dollars on it, uh, even though they shouldn't. It's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. When I tell you local elections, when I tell you elections matter, they do. When I tell you to pay attention to local elections, what's going on in your own backyard, uh, can you tell me who your mayor is? Can you tell me who your city council members are? Can you tell me who your county commissioner is? Because you should be able to tell me that. And you should also be able to tell me who are your Minnesota House reps? Who's your Minnesota senator? And I used to tell you that when I had the bar and we had employee quizzes every once in a while, I'd have an extra credit question on the end of it. They got extra credit credit if they could tell me the names of my three children. And they got extra, because I talked about them a lot, and I wanted to see if they were paying attention. And they got extra credit if they could name the two U.S. Uh, Minnesota or the two U.S. senators for Minnesota, and I think I was the only one who ever got that question right, except for people who worked there a long time, because then they worked there a long time and they knew what the correct answer was. All right, stay tuned, everyone. When we come back, we'll talk about Seattle's first-in-the-nation plastic straw ban. Uh, Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. everyone. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, Stan, Stan, heads yes. up. I got I got a new business idea oh, for great. us. Oh, great. The last uh-huh. one worked out so wonderful. <laughs> I know, I know. You didn't really so, follow through on that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we didn't really was, follow through on willing. that. Yeah. So Minnesota is like fifth in the nation for the most... Um, tobacco smugglers remember after they jacked up the prices of uh taxes on cigarettes stan and i were going to drive to states where it was cheaper (laughs) and we were going to bring them back into minnesota in our truck and sell them apparently they're catching quite a few people who are doing it so maybe i'm glad that business opportunity didn't i'm excited to hear about the new one okay i got a new one so this is this is a big thing now Um, Businesses in Minnesota and Wisconsin are using flocks of goats to combat invasive plant species. So the goats, the cities, Mm -hmm. and the states hire these farmers or these goat herders to bring the goats to the property and they eat the invasive plants because they don't want to use chemicals and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but they also probably eat the non-invasive plants do they not? Well, that's oh details, details. I'm you know. Oh, they, we're, they, we're on an underground thing. It doesn't really matter. The details don't, don't matter. Want, they okay. just don't want to use chemicals. But and and this is okay. Who's this from? This is from KSTP. So they're talking about these goat services listing website. In one of them, uh, one of the a website run by Allison and Dan Sorensen of Wisconsin list five goats for hire. 
businesses, and they work in Minnesota, and they work in Wisconsin. The Sorensons have 115 goats to combat invasive plant species with the animal's appetite rather than with chemicals or machinery. The couple established their business in 2015 after seeing a similar concept in Sweden. They said their goats are out at four to six sites at any given time within an an 80-mile radius. Now, I think we can get some goats. I think we can. That sounds over, like a lot of work. I we mean, can livestock, overcharge that's a lot of work. the cities. They're goats. They're little things. They're goats. Yeah, we could do eat, something with the milk. Them. Yeah, they're eating all the invasive species. Poop everywhere. Yeah, and nowhere in this article does it tell us how much the cities pay for these goats to come and eat these things. No one tell. Nowhere in this article does it tell us um, if they eat the other plants. Besides, how does a goat know if it's an invasive species or not? No, I never knew they were that smart, but apparently they are. Yeah. So you're not interested in the no, goat? No, I don't want to get into farm, you know, cattle farming and All goat right, farming. you're going to stick to the fishing, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, of course you are. Uh, okay, Seattle. Seattle continues to play its role as the incubator of bad, stupid policy ideas. And they became the first in the nation to impose a ban on plastic straws. This, uh, this has been going on for, well, almost a year now. Get this, get this. The law prohibits all food service businesses, including restaurants, coffee shops, delis, and pubs, from offering any disposable straw or utensil to patrons unless they specifically request one. Should a customer ask for one, said straw will have to be not just biodegradable, but compostable, too. Under Seattle's new uh, standards, violators will be hit with $250 fines. That is absolutely crazy. That is so stupid. I can't believe Seattle has this many ridiculous ideas that they keep implementing. Trust me, I'm sure they aren't done yet. Uh, sometimes we see that the, this, we see the claim that Americans use 500 million straws a day, and they argue that ditching straws is an um, unambiguous good for our oceans, filling it with plastic. Um, by the way, the 50 million straw a day figure, which was just run in the Washington Post last week, has been debunked as the product of a nine-year-old's research. But even if that stat were accurate, straw bans are not likely to help the planet. The U.S. is responsible for a tiny portion of the world's marine plastic waste, less than 1%, by the way, as are plastic straws themselves, about 0.03%. Uh, The best approach for plastic pollution is better waste management systems in the developing world, not ban on plastic products in Seattle, Washington. Uh, We saw stuff like this with the plastic bag bans, but they've got bad stats. They've got feel-good activism, and they shove this stuff down our throat. Uh, Ten states have passed preemption ordinances, prohibiting municipalities from imposing their own bag bans. Minnesota, 
was one of them. Minnesota overturned the Minneapolis bag ban. Thank you, legislators, because it's absolutely ridiculous. I wish the state legislature would clamp down on some of these other ridiculous idea. Uh, last week, the Texas Supreme Court ruled that Austin's bag ban, Austin, Texas, was illegal under the pre-existing state law. Do you know in Washington, D.C., in Washington, D.C., they hired secret shoppers to enforce their plastic bag tax? Isn't isn't that something? Isn't that just absolutely incredible? Don't worry about the shoplifters anymore. Yeah. Let's go after the yeah. plastic bag people. Yeah. So, and and this what probably what drives me most with these ridiculously stupid ideas is these people. These people no longer try to persuade you that something is a bad idea. They no longer persuade you to try to do something different. They have to use the strong arm of government and and use the force of 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 the police department, the weight of the government behind them, which is absolutely ridiculous, absolutely insane. And it, yeah, I just can't hard, hardly stand it. Uh, Minneapolis, you gotta love Minneapolis. Minneapolis, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you. Your stupid idea of the week. It seems like every week I'm talking about Minneapolis. Uh, Minneapolis is moving towards offering a municipal ID card, a city ID card. The identification cards are are available to anyone in Minneapolis above the age of 14, regardless of homelessness, immigration status, or gender identity. This is just so crazy. These are the same people who told us over and over and over again, voter ID is cost prohibitive and racist, over and over and over and over. Uh, But because they're being pressured by these immigrant groups, uh, they're going to get a municipal ID for anyone ages 14 and up. The Star Tribune has been reporting uh, on this, and I think a lot of the information is coming from there. But the identification card would be available to anyone above age 14. It doesn't matter if you're homeless. doesn't matter if you're an immigrant. doesn't matter if you're a gender identity. What does that sound to you? I, want, I, want, I mean, what does that sound to you? It sounds like identity politics to me. You know, you, you don't have to be uh, – it isn't difficult in the state of Minnesota to get a driver's license or a Minnesota ID card. It just, it, it just isn't. And if you can't get one of them, you should be asking yourself, why are you trying to get one of them? The council member, Alondro Cano, oh, she's in trouble. She's in charge of the Public Safety Committee, and Star Tribune just ratted on her. They just said she had uh, she missed all of these meetings. She's the chair of the Public Safety Committee, with, and they just had the shooting in Minneapolis. And, yeah, they're going after her. It's delightful when they go after their own. So Alondro Cano, Cano, Cano? yeah. Uh, she's this no no surprise. She's the chief sponsor of the of the ordinance. She said that the identification card is designed to meet many constituency needs. Yeah, many. I don't think so, Alondro. I don't, Alondro. I don't think so. Not just the immigrant communities. Cano says the officials are proposing incentives for people who get the identification cards. So they're gonna they they want to get them like discounted parking. They want to to pressure the businesses to to give the people who have the city ID card a, a bonus, a treat. Think of it as like um, a coupon booklet. If you show your card, you get a, a discounted whatever. This It's just abs- absolutely ridiculous. And there's absolutely no need for a city to be handing out a municipal ID card. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about St. Paul and D.C.
it's hard to believe these stupid ideas just keep multiplying. And I think you're starting to see some pushback that people are starting to wake up and saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not only are you killing the golden goose, we won't have any uh, eggs and we won't have any golden geese at this rate. So I think you are starting to see some pushback. Uh, lots more to talk about. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, com. There she was, just walking down the street singing. Snapping her fingers and shoveling her feet singing. Okay, Stan, your music's cracking me up today. I like it. She looks good. She looks fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Stan is the best. The best producer ever. Stan, before I forget, what's your show about today? Uh, we're going to be chatting muscle cars with a buddy of mine who's Ooh. got a garage out in uh, the Dakotas. They restore muscle cars. So we'll be talking about that. All right. No fishing this week? Well, what? we got a new fisheries uh, chief. Uh, we'll have that. I know. I see yeah. the DNR stuff yeah. laying all over your yeah. desk there. I know you're going to be talking yeah. about fishing. Well, good. Stay tuned for Stan's show. Uh, and by the way, go go sign up for him. Go watch him on Facebook, too, because he posts some really good stuff up there sometimes. All right. We're talking about the local politicians who are local. Uh, local, local. Get it? Yeah. That's for my friend Sue. Um, And by the way, my friend Sue, she's running for Minnesota House of Representatives in the New Brighton, Fridley, and Spring Lake Park area. And I'm going to bring her on my show, and I'm going to have you guys talk to her because she's really smart. She'd make a great representative, uh, and I I will tell everyone to vote for her. Uh, What I like about her is she's not afraid to stand up and, and give you her opinion of her position. She's not afraid to fight for us, the the little guy. Uh, and she can't be bought off by anyone else. You know, she's not under the thumb of Education Minnesota. She's not under the thumb of the Greens. She's not uh, under the thumb of the whoever, uh, any of the special interests. And, oh, yeah, she carries, too. So who doesn't love that? Uh, Stan had – oh, he's on the phone. Uh, Stan had a, a, a run-in with one of his um, – um, somebody he works or that actually works for him. Uh, and he was talking about, said something about guns. And the guy said, why can't we all just get along? Why can't we all just live in peace and harmony? And Stan was trying to tell him that that's just not not realistic. But this past week, you had a faith-based coalition uh, in St. Paul saying that they want, they want the St. Paul to have fewer police and they want absolutely no new hiring. And this activist, she was an, uh, a member of St. Joan of Arc Catholic Church in Minneapolis. She lives in Highland Park. Her and 14 members of the faith-based social justice coalition, Isaiah, nothing but trouble, Isaiah is. Uh, and they're getting more and more powerful, especially powerful with the Democrats. Uh, they went to the they went in front of St. Paul City Hall and they advocated against uh, potential police hiring. Uh, The city budget for St. Paul is coming out in August, and so they wanted to say, we don't want you to hire more police. We don't want any more police. No more money 
uh, that hundred thousand they saved on the on the fireworks. Well, that hundred thousand should not go to hire more police or not go to increasing the number of police officers that are in St. Paul. Instead, they called for additional investments. That means money, lots and lots of money in prisoner reentry programs, after school programs, libraries, parks, and rec centers. Anything that could help prevent crime. Um, the one of the one of the St. Paul residents, Minister Janae Bates, a St. Paul resident and spokeswoman for Isaiah, said that the city uh, over polices. The city over polices, and their their bold vision for St. Paul means adding fewer police. Our budget should include ways to figure out how we can have less police, not more. Uh, people were people were furious. People were were outraged. And they talked about the St. Paul budget that that the St. Paul police chief said he'd like to see 50 officers added to the force of 626 officers over the next two years. The request would cost the taxpayers four point five million dollars. And they talked about how the the response time for the police is getting uh, longer and longer and Melvin Carter said, no way, you know, we, we want community-driven di- approaches. And that's your mayor, St. Paul, St. Paulites. That's your mayor uh, who's calling for more public safety, that his idea of public safety, boosting library and rec center funding. So you better pay attention to what's going on, what's going on over in St. Paul, people. And, and also, I wanted to talk a little bit more about this, but I did such a poor job of time management today. Um, I'm, I'll have to talk about it next week. D.C. passed a law requiring people to buy health insurance or have their property seized. That is a lawsuit, people. That should be thrown out. That is absolutely ridiculous. I know in the next week or two I'm going to have Twyla Bray's on. She's got a brand-new book coming out next week. Uh, I'm so excited. Big Brother in the exam room. Uh, so excited. And Matt Flanders, he's been on... Uh, talking about some of the legislative issues that Citizens Council for Health Freedom have have been working on last legislative session and what's coming up this legislative session. So between Matt Flanders and uh, Twyla Brace, we will definitely be able to talk a little bit. I'm I'm still mad. I'm still mad at the Republicans. I want Obamacare uh, repealed. Every single word of it. Every single word from the calorie counts to the. 146 agencies to the uh, mandated insurance, you know, just because Trump got rid of some of that stuff, there's thousands and thousands of pages of law and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of rules and regulations that's been written by bureaucrats that has made our insurance most unfordable. Well, Obama lied about it from day one. Uh, But before we go today, I had to spend just a couple minutes here on Keith Ellison. Keith Ellison is um, being, I'm I'm very thankful for Keith Ellison because he is actually out there every single day telling us that he does not want to do the job he's running for. And if he's not harping about um, borders, if he's not harping about abortion, if he's not harping about the Supreme Court. Uh, Remember, Keith Ellison won in CD5, which is probably the most liberal district in 
in the state of Minnesota. It is the most liberal district in the state of Minnesota. And and more of you people uh, further in out in the suburbs in CD5 and you people who lean to the right or in the middle in CD5, no one's represented you for a very long time. You have a chance to vote for Jennifer over there. Sorry, Jennifer, I can't remember your name, but I was just at an at uh, an event a week ago with Jennifer. Uh, I like her, and I think this is her time to throw a Democrat out of that district because they've gone crazy. They've absolutely gone crazy. So Keith Ellison is not running for Congress anymore. He's running for attorney general for the state of Minnesota. These are two very, very, very different jobs. And I don't know how Keith Ellison thinks he can possibly win statewide. Wait a minute. Of course I do. He thinks there are enough votes in CD5, in the Minneapolis and the surrounding suburbs. He, think there, he thinks there are enough votes in that district to carry the whole entire state. Folks, we have to make sure that doesn't happen. We have to reject candidates like Keith Ellison. Running for Keith Ellison's seat is a whole lot of crazy. And Ilhan Omar, Representative Omar, Ilhan Omar, um, Representative Omar is one of the and is one of the people who's running for his seat. And I've read to you some of the things that she's said. I've read to you some of her policy positions. I've read to you uh, different comments that she's made. And and we have to reject that kind of crazy. We have to reject it. These are not good policy positions for our country, and they certainly aren't good policy positions for the state of Minnesota. Uh, Bernie Sanders came out this past week and endorsed Keith Ellison, which uh, should surprise no one. Two Democrat socialists, self-proclaimed socialists, uh, no surprise at all. Bernie Sanders is going to be here in uh, Minnesota. He's going to have a rally with Keith Ellison in Minneapolis, and he's going to have a rally up in Duluth. Uh, That'll be interesting, right? Um, But Keith Ellison is basically saying... um, that that he said this last week on Monday, he will not defend new abortion restrictions if state lawmakers approve them. And he talks about all the different things that he wants to do, which is more about anti-Trump than about what's best for the state of, of Minnesota. And I'm really pleased because Doug Wardlow is running for attorney general as well. And he's been very outspoken about the Ellison campaign, very outspoken about what should ha- what what the role of an attorney general is. Remember, Doug Wardlow was on, on this show telling us, of, and I'm going to have him on again, too. He was supposed to be on Fox News tomorrow, but now I hear that's just been pushed back a little bit because of Donald Trump's Supreme Court uh, Supreme Court nomination. And I'll, I'll keep you posted when Doug Wardlow will be on to talk about it. But Doug Wardlow said this week, if, the, if Keith Ellison is elected AG, he will use taxpayer dollars to fund his leftist war against Trump. If you want an attorney general who will protect consumers, be tough on crime, prosecute welfare fraud, and keep Minnesota safe, vote Doug Wardlow. Uh, anyway, there's. I wish I could have gotten to the rest of my stuff, but I'm really sorry. I was so busy celebrating an Independence Day. I did a horrible job of managing my time, but I had a blast today. And I know Stan's got a great show lined up for you. And again, I want to tell you, I think it's next week. Twyla, Twyla Braze is coming on. 
uh, we got to check out her new book. So everyone have a great week. Things will be back to normal next week. I am so excited for Trump's Supreme Court pick. I can hardly stand it. Oh, I hope it's someone good. I, I know it'll be someone good. Have a great week, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.